Hey folks, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. Today, we're going to talk about how you can be green, work in the green, and make lots of green. Now, if that's intriguing to you, you're going to want to meet your green pal. His name is Brian Clayton, and let's welcome him to the Inside BS Show. All right, Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here today. Hey, Dave. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. All right. So your website is yourgreenpal.com. Tell everybody why you are our green pal. <laughs> yeah. So I'm the CEO, co-founder of an app called Green Pal. And so Green Pal, in one sentence, is the Uber for lawn mowing. So let's say you have a lawn, you need to get it cut. Rather than calling around on Craigslist, you can just download our app. Somebody comes and mows your yard the same day or the next day. You pay them right through the app. And if everything goes well, you just set it up on the app and, and just forget it. And it happens in the background. And so Green Pal is the Uber for lawn mowing. Been at this eight years. We're an eight-year overnight success. Uh, have over 300 thousand homeowners using the app to get their grass cut uh doing 20 million dollars a year in revenue and uh and it started off really really modest and humble but uh, we just kept at it and now we have a, a, a good marketplace that's nationwide in the united states all right so take us through the beginning were you were you out there with a lawnmower and a truck yourself and you were like there's got to be something better than this how did this come to where did you get this idea from it's genius well, that's, you, you really kind of, uh, you nailed it. Actually, my first business was a lawn mowing business. I actually, I started cutting grass in high school as a way to make extra cash. And then I put myself through college mowing yards. And when I graduated business school, I had to make a decision. Was I going to just stick with this lawn mowing business I had or go into the job market? Luckily, I, I decided to stick with the grass cutting business. I didn't really want to be a grass cutting guy my entire life, but I made a little business plan. And over a 15-year period of time, I built that into one of the largest landscaping companies in the state of Tennessee where I live. Got it over $10 million a year in annual revenue, over 150 employees. And in 2013, sold that business to one of the largest landscaping companies in the United States. So after that, I kind of retired. I took some time off. I got bored, I realized, okay, it's time to get back in the game. What now? And the idea for Green Pal was kind of just solving my own problem. I was kind of trying to solve the problems I saw for, for 15 years in the industry and uh, saw what Uber and Airbnb and, and uh, Lyft were doing for these real-world transactions. And so I recruited two, two co-founders, and we just started working on the app. And here we are eight years later. All right. The app is great. It's genius. I want to talk all about that in a sec. Let's talk about being a $10 million annual revenue landscaping company and you still have hair. How could that be possible? <laughs> I mean, that is that is a nightmare. You're describing like my nightmare. All those people running all over Tennessee, doing jobs, forgetting jobs, making mistakes, leaving equipment behind. How did you manage all that? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you just described uh, my day-to-day life for about 50 50- years. And it, it is a tough business. Uh, really, all business is challenging in its own way, but the landscaping business is tough. It's hyper-competitive. The margins are thin. Uh, labor is, is difficult to, to organize and deal with. You have a you have an asset-heavy type of business, a lot of equipment, a lot of lawnmowers. I mean, I, hell, at the end of that business, I had four mechanics that worked for me, full-time mechanics. All they did was fix trucks and lawnmowers. So, uh, to your point, yeah, it was a tough business. But looking back, like 20 years in business, I think, I think one thing that kind of makes sense to me is like looking at it almost like a video game like 10 levels and you just try to focus 
focus on one level at a time. And I think what, what, what hangs a lot of people up is that they, they worry about, like, they're on level one of Super Mario World, and they're worried about Bowser. And you don't even need to worry about Bowser. Just get through level one. And level one might be ten grand a month or, or, or five grand a month. Just get through that level and then, and then focus on level two when you get there. And, like, growing that business from just me and a push mower to 150 employees, that's kind of, looking back, kind of how I tackled it. Just little by little, okay, now I'm going to hire my first employee, and now I'm going to hire my second crew, and now i got my third crew, and now I need a sales guy, and now I need a sales system, and now I need a head of HR, and just kind of layering your way in level by level, not getting overwhelmed by worrying about things that don't matter at that stage of the game. Okay, so that's a great description. The thing that my listeners may be struggling with some of them for sure. And I know professional service people for sure making the decision to, to take the lawnmower and put it in the garage and become the CEO. Right. Tell us about that moment when you realized every day I got, you know, 50 jobs or every day I got 35 jobs, whatever your max capacity is every day. I got 35 jobs and I'm working six days a week, sometimes six and a half if it rains, right? When am I going to become the CEO and start, you know, sacrificing a little bit of profit for bringing a crew on and getting my sanity back? Tell us about when you made that decision and how you made it. For me, it was, uh, I knew I was leaving money on the table. I knew that I could only get to so much and I had to build out scaffolding around me and systems around me and, 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 you know, looking back, I, I could probably do it in half the time that I know how to do it, but I was kind of figuring it out as I, as I was going. And, and so for me, I, I somebody uh, uh, really early in my career uh, gave me a book called The E-Myth, and I read that book. And that helped me understand the difference between working in your business and working on your business. And so if, if, if you can kind of like lay it out on like a spectrum, in the early days, like 90% of your time is going to be in your business, just holding it together, getting done whatever it is you're trying to sell. And over time, you need to try to like peel away a little by little time to be on your business. And so by that, I mean like uh, focusing on systems and routines and processes to make it run, uh, not necessarily without you, but without you having to do everything. And so, you know, there's a big difference between going out and, and like, for instance, me mowing 20 yards in a day. That's really hard work. But difficult work is developing a sales process to, to get more of that work to develop a training process, to train people on how to do that work, develop a, a routine on how we do the things every single time the same way, uh, develop a, a process for equipment maintenance and preventative maintenance and developing a process for cost accounting to understand if we're making money on these jobs. And so that's difficult work. The hard work is like, you know, working 15 hours a day, killing yourself. Difficult work is is creating the systems, routines, and processes to execute that work. And so if you can try to like over time – allocate time for the difficult work and that hell that may be sunday mm-hmm. it may mean that you got to come in on a sunday and just five good hours of okay what are we doing what are our routines how are we doing it better in our competition how are we making money doing it and how can i focus on one little piece of it and systemize it if you can do that over five ten years you, you can build it you can build a real business so that i guess that was my next question right so you're so you got all these jobs and everybody's scheduled right your people have their day of the week or they have their every other week or you know when it rains i guess they have an every every week deal with you so you got six days of work and you're the guy so you got to come in on a sunday and build that 
the, the infrastructure so that you can take a step back. How long was it from, right. from how long was it, Brian, from when you made the decision, hey, listen, I can scale this. I got to I got to go out and get a second crew. How long from when you made the decision till it became a reality and you could say, you know, I'm going to cut my time on the road to 50 percent and then I'm going to cut it to zero. How, how long was that process? Yeah, it's it's almost like you were in the truck with me because that's exactly how it went. Uh, you know, it was it was me, and then it was me and a helper, and then and then I realized, man, I mean, we're we're just kicking our competition's butts in terms of quality and price. I know I can do more of this. I need to get this helper in another truck, and then I'll run a truck, and then and then and then and then I I, I did that again. And it was it was three crews, and I'm still running one of these crews, and then I started doing sales like cold calling sales in the truck. While somebody was out, you know, and I'm, I'm supervising them, I'm mowing yards, so I'm doing basically two jobs at once. And then it wasn't until about five crews that I was able to step back and be like an operations manager and sales manager. And so I wore those two hats for probably three years until I was able to hire my first uh, full-time salesperson and train them on, on how I sold. And uh, for probably a year, that salesperson made more money than I did as the business owner. But I knew if I could figure out a way to, to make them uh, material income and if I could get like three or four of them, then I could, I could get the business to, to five, six, seven, eight million dollars in revenue. And so I kind of kept doing that. And, uh, and every dime that the business made, I would reinvest back in the business. So like for, for seven, eight years, I mean, I think my take-home pay was like 25 grand, maybe 30. You know, I lived on nothing, but every dime I could get my hands on, I would pump back in the business in terms of systems, equipment, staff, just ways to, to grow it. Because I knew if I could get it to a certain point where it was eight figures that, that it would be valuable. And I, you know, I did that for a decade. And uh, and like I was telling, mentioned earlier, you know, like like a video game, just really focusing on that level and just doing everything you can do to get to get through that level and not worrying about anything else is kind of how I how I how I got it built from scratch over a decade. Yeah, I I see. I live in a in a in an area where landscaping we need it year round. I live in Florida, and um, we need it less in the winter time. But we still grass still grows in the winter, so we need people to come and you know clean up the yard and do the landscaping. And one of the things that that is pervasive here is me for every 10 houses on a block only one person does their own lawn when i when i grew up you know i think my dad had kids so he would never have to do yard work again because we all did our own yard work but you know here everybody has a landscaper and one of the things that i think for landscaping specifically that's a competitive advantage and it's just incredible how this works is the basics you show up same day same time every week you're never going to lose that client. You're going to keep that. Now, you show up same day, same time every week, and your people are in uniform, and your truck doesn't have stuff falling out of the back of it, and you don't run over power lines and you know knock air conditioners out windows, and you, know, you cut down the stuff you're supposed to cut down every week. You do a good job, and not only are you going to keep that client forever, but the neighbors are going to come out of their house, and they're going to go, who is that guy? People in uniform, and he's doing what he should be doing, and he didn't knock out my satellite tv with his tree pruner you know that's so you know in your case i would imagine that because you wanted to grow a business from the beginning doing the basics the right way was a competitive advantage for you is that is that true yes that will get you through level one two and three yeah uh just flat out uh, hustling your comp- your competitors doing a reliable job being where you're supposed to be showing up on time making sure your clients are happy 
that is table stakes, and that will get you uh, over the cold start in in the in the landscaping industry. And that's where ninety five percent of business owners in this vertical stay, and that's fine. It's a great way to make a good living in material income. It's it's a small fraction that that kind of get through the next step, which is okay. How do I make real investments and in real equipment to 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 operate more efficiently? How do I really invest in a training program to train people to to execute a service uh, on time and, and and basically do what I'm doing as the owner? And how do I how do I really take the long view over a decade to build a real business, a real company? Less than probably five percent of business owners in, in in this industry make it to that make it that far. But that's you know that's fine because for for seven or eight years, me as the business owner, I didn't make any money. I was pumping every dime I had back into the business to get it to that next level. So right. not everybody needs to uh, take the business that big. The one thing about the landscaping business is that it's a great way to kind of cut your teeth on entrepreneurship. It's a great way to, to get into business for yourself and learn the basics and fundamentals of customer service, of planning, of budgeting, of of uh, operating an efficient business that can predictably and, and reliably deliver a service. Because then you can apply that to most anything. And uh, and also you can you can you can take real profits from that business and invest it in more durable sources of income like real estate or 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 a bigger business so so uh the landscaping business is is one that's often overlooked it's not sexy it's not appealing but it is something that can kind of take you from zero to one if you're willing to work hard so if you're a lawyer or a cpa and you're listening to this right now brian just gave you a lesson in how you can immediately have an impact and and create a competitive advantage. Getting the basics right got Brian through level one, level two, level three. So if you're thinking to yourself, hey, what can I learn from, you know, a guy who ran a landscaping company? Well, you can learn a lot. Here's the thing. As a lawyer, you're showing up on time is still important. As a lawyer, you're having a consistent process that is predictable to your client is still important. As a lawyer, communication is still important. Do the basics. And as Brian said, it's table stakes but so few people are doing it, be in the top 50% by doing the basics right first and then create a competitive advantage to take it to the next level. So, Brian, what did you do? And we're still talking about your landscaping business first. We'll get into the app and, and how you, you know, created this, this great new business model after. How did you go from the table stakes, getting the basics right, to taking it to the next level? What was your, so what was your pitch to your, uh, to your, to your prospect? I mean, you know, they show up and they see you, uh, you, know, you show up and they see you in a great truck and they see you and your guys looking good and they see you doing a good job. What was your pitch to them, the competitive advantage that got them to switch from the other people to you? Yeah, we built up a really good base of clientele in the residential services market. We were we were maintaining probably five or six hundred single family homes all throughout Nashville, Tennessee. And when you're in this industry, the progression is you have to get out of residential services and into the bigger contracts for office parks, airports, uh, apartments, uh, um, restaurants, banks, things of that sort. And so making that shift is just something you have to do because these are the big six-figure, sometimes seven-figure contracts where you can really build a scalable business. It took me three years to really figure out how to break into that, kind of cut my way into that into that market. And the way I, I did it was is I tried to figure out, like, 
we're not really selling grass cutting. We're selling some sort of solution. We're, se- we're How do we really align what it is we do with what our customers' objectives are? And so we would approach a customer like McDonald's, for instance. That was one of our first commercial contracts. And I was mowing this, the home for a, for a franchisor. He had two locations. Mm-hmm. And for years, I was begging him, like, give, me a, give us a shot. Let us, let us make these properties shine. We'll, we'll do it cheaper than the other guy. And, and uh, he's like, no, no, this guy's doing okay. And, and uh, it wasn't until I was, like, at one of his stores and, like, I, I was getting an a extra value meal. And I, and I noticed in the drive-thru it was full of cigarette butts and chewing gum and wrappers and just all kinds of garbage. And I thought, you know, somebody should clean this up. And I thought, okay, what if we did that? And what if we did that along with the, the mowing? And so I, I, I approached him. I said, hey, listen, here's a picture of what your drive through looks like. I, I took my crew. We went ahead and just cleaned it out. And here's a picture of what it can look like after every single time we come in and service the property. And I believe that if, if you have a clean drive through that you'll sell more apple pies and sell more extra value meals. And he thought, you know, you, you might be full of crap, but what you're saying makes sense. So I'll give you a shot on, on one location. We did that for two years every week. And it's me personally back then, you know, picking up cigarette butts and chewing gum and, sure. and, and just garbage out of, out of the drive through But we made sure that thing was clean every time we serviced it. And, uh, and sent the guy pictures via email, like, hey, here, here's the property, you know, here's the before and after. Really just demonstrated how we were different and how what we were doing aligned to what it was he was trying to do. And uh, he loved it. He let us have his other location. And then two years after that, he brought me uh, – I was probably a 25-year-old kid at the time uh, – brought me to the uh, – the, the 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 annual convention for franchisers in the southeast wow. and let me pitch kind of this uh this program that we had for for landscaping maintenance and we picked up another 80 locations you know four or five hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue off of that one thing and so that was kind of the one of the 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 catapults for the business in our early years was just figuring out when you approach a, a client how do you how do you really align whatever it is you're doing with whatever it is their goals are and not just try to sell on price, not just try to sell on, on a slick brochure or, or flashy truck. It's, it's more along the lines of we're selling you a solution and not just grass cutting. Perfect. I love that description. That was great. Thanks. So tell us about the exit then. Did you, so you, you'd been doing this business almost your whole adult life. Did you ever plan on selling or did that just kind of hit you over the head one day? So yeah, I was I was I was in the landscaping business from a age nineteen to, to thirty four. So so fifteen years. Yeah, every it was all I knew. I never I've never had a job, never had a boss. I've always kind of worked on my own thing. And so and so I I made the decision that it was time to sell the business when I realized that this, this business was no longer carrying me forward in terms of challenging me, causing me to level up, causing me to, to grow and personally develop. And, and it wasn't until like later in, in, the, in that business's life cycle that I understand that about myself, that, mm. okay, my business is the thing that's causing me to level up. It is the thing that's causing me to move forward, to, to get better, smarter, wiser. And it wasn't until I started plateauing that I, that I had that inkling, like, man, maybe it's time to do something else. And uh, made the decision, okay, I'm going to sell the business. And then from the day I made that decision in my head to the day I got it sold was two years, two agonizing years. And uh, that was really tough because it's kind of like you, you've made the decision, this is no longer going to be yours, but you're still working harder than ever on it and in it. And uh, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done was, was, was getting that, managing my psychology through that process and getting that deal done. 
So you you proactively looked to sell. Tell us about that process because there is maybe there there may be somebody listening right now that had the idea to sell their business. What was the process like? How did you go about finding a buyer? Was it a sales process, just like selling anything else? Luckily, I met uh, a broker. Uh, in my industry who only did deals in the landscaping industry, what they call the green industry. And so this is how he made his livelihood. He only did like one or two deals a year and he knew, he knew all of the players. He knew, he, he knew who was buying and who was selling and he knew valuations and he knew the processes. So, so that was really one thing that helped us was that we had somebody kind of like a Sherpa kind of help us market the business and generate interest and, and get it packaged up the right way. If I could have done it all over again, I, I would have been more proactive. I would have had like a four-year exit plan mm. because when, when you're selling a business and when you have the uh, intention of selling a business, you need to run it in a very different way versus uh, if you are building like a, a legacy business that you're going to give to your children. Um, so there's been, it, it really changes the decision-making uh, dynamics a lot in terms of like not necessarily making short-sighted decisions, but every dime you can save running your business and make it more profitable, that means you're going to get that times four or five or six mm. uh, when it comes time to sell. Because in most cases, uh, service-based businesses like ours uh, sell off of a multiple of EBITDA. So it's like whatever the net profit after all the smoke clears times a multiple, which is usually between four and six. And so that's that's one mistake that we made was – I was I was running the business thinking I was going to still run it for like another decade, and so I was making like long term bets when in fact I should have just been focusing on short term profitability. So I w- probably would have uh, ran a four year exit strategy, but I didn't. I kind of had to reverse engineer a lot of these things in the ninth inning, and and uh, it still worked out. But I, if I had known now, known then what I know now, I'd have done it a little different. Okay. I, I like that. That's good advice. Ma- maximize the profitability so that the person who comes in can make money right from the right from the get go, and then you'll be more attractive. That's uh, I think that's excellent advice. All right, so now let's talk about this great. I mean, this is a fantastic idea. So this this idea comes to you while you're running your business, or it came to you after you retired. I think you told us at the beginning it was after you finished and you sold your business that you were like, wait a minute, I can do what Uber's doing. For landscaping, is that how it worked? Yes, running that company every single day, a hundred people would call my front office begging us to come cut their grass. And at this point, you know, we have 150 people, 80 trucks going out every day. We're no longer doing the basic $33 lawn mowing for Mrs. Smith. Uh, we're no, we're, it's not profitable for us. We we can't we can't make any any margin on that type of service, and so. Uh, we would kindly decline, and we would refer them out to like a handful of smaller providers. That, that that's their bread and butter. And I saw this in effect. We were kind of this referral service over and over and over again on a daily basis. And I thought, man, like you know, here you have two dozen small service providers who are begging for this work, and these homeowners are looking for them, want to hire them, but they either don't know who they are, can't get them on the phone, or like that person is busy cutting grass and doesn't have a receptionist and so i thought an an app needs to exist to connect these buyers and sellers and in a more efficient way and uh and so the the idea was kind of there in the back of my head while running my my traditional business and then when i sold it i thought okay you know let's just see if i can pull this off you know uh let's just see if i can do it and i recruited two co-founders who were just as crazy as me and uh luckily we didn't know what we didn't know 
we were naive to a certain extent. We didn't realize the difficulty of of pulling off something like this, of this, the technological piece of it, the dynamics of building a marketplace that connects buyers and sellers, uh, the, the distribution of it, how do you get it in the hands of consumers, like all these things, like they're so challenging. We didn't understand, didn't even know the first thing about how to do them, yet let alone how difficult they would end up being. And so we just started working on it. We just started working on, on the first version and, and launched it just in our hometown in Nashville and got a few hundred people to use it. And uh, just through sheer hustle and grit, we, we, we kept growing and growing and listened to everybody that, we could, that would talk to us about what their experience was and what they wished the app would do and what it, where it let them down and, and where, where they uh, were delighted. And so we just kept baking that feedback back into improvements over and over and over again. And, so, and, and finally figuring out a little playbook on how you expand this thing city by city. And over an eight-year period of time, we've, we've now got it in every city in the United States. That's amazing. How many, how many service providers do you have and how many customers do you have using the app in any given day ballpark? Yeah, on a weekly basis, there's around 300,000 people that use the app. Wow. Uh, and as far as service providers, there's between ten and 20,000 of those. Uh, around... 60% of those make their entire living on our platform. And so that's really why we do what we do. We offer a nice convenience to homeowners to just push a button and get this chore done. I mean, it's a nice it's a nice uh, thing to have. But for why I get out of bed in the morning is to help anybody who wants to work hard make material income using our app. You know, I, like making a living in the grass cutting business is tough. It's really hard. Like, like you, you get up at... 5 a.m. every morning, you're sharpening lawnmower blades and you're fixing stuff. And like you've worked three hours before you've made a dime. And, mm. and then you like cut grass all day and then you get home and you're sweaty and there's literally grass all over you. And then guess what? Now you got to do bookkeeping and you're pissed off because people haven't paid you and you're mailing out invoices and you're returning voicemails. And like it's our job to make that a little better, a little easier. I make it to where they can get paid on time. Their routes are handled. They don't have to pass out flyers. They don't have to do any marketing. They just focus on one thing, doing a good job of servicing their clientele and our platform takes care of the rest for them and we've got hundreds of stories of people that that you know just got laid off or lost their job or 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 just you know had like one or two customers and they they after their first year of operating on our technology they're they're making 100 grand and they've never made that kind of money and that's a lot of fun that's that's why we do what we do that's fantastic. That's a great story. Okay, so give us the business model now for the app. How did you monetize that? So we make money a couple different ways. One is we take a small piece of the transaction. So for service providers, it's totally free to use. We only win when the, when the service provider wins. And so uh, a little small uh, piece of the transaction uh, we take to, to power the platform. And that varies depending on the volume that they're doing through the platform. Then as they kind of grow their business on top of our technology, we have some premium tools that they can pay to use if they want, and there's also some premium placement that they can pay to, to, to have if they want. So through that, we've, we've been able to build a profitable business to where, you know, we're, we're what's called default alive. You know, a lot of tech businesses uh, lose a ton of money for a very long period of time, and, and they're kind of only, uh, they're only alive for however long their runway is until they can raise the next round of funding. For us, we've been bootstrapped, uh, self-funded the entire time, and so we have funded the business off of its own revenues. We believe, like, revenue is the best form of financing. And, you know, going through, like, last year with COVID, we actually grew, and there was never, like, any stressful period moments during that that, that, that crisis because – 
we were profitable and we knew that we could pay our people and stay in business, which, which is really fun. It's, it's a lot less stressful than, than how most, most tech businesses get started. Okay. Terrific. So who are you looking to reach today? You're talking to, you know, who knows, uh, maybe 15, 20, 25,000 people who are going to download this eventually down the road and maybe six months from now, or maybe a week from now, who are you looking to reach? Are you looking to reach service providers to sign up for the platform? Are you looking to reach customers to find their service providers through yourgreenpal.com? Who do you want to, who do you want to get more of right now? Yeah, so in most any marketplace like ours, you're you're constrained by the side of the market that is taking out their wallet. And so uh, we have plenty of service providers. In fact, we have a waiting list in, in most cities. And so for us, the, the challenge is and always will be getting our product in the hands of more consumers, ah. uh, letting more people know about it, uh, the 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 the, 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 the the sad reality is our competition is the status quo. You know, if, if you if your lawnmower, if your lawn guy disappeared on you, which happens quite a bit, uh, he just flaked, he didn't show up, what are you going to do? You're going to get on Craigslist, Facebook, you're going to ask for friends and family, you're going to do a Google search, and how do you know if these guys are any good, and how do you know you're getting the best price, and you're going to go through all of that crap. Whereas if you knew about GreenPal, you just download the app, and you would have, you'd be hooked up with, with the best service provider at the best price in less than a couple of minutes. And so uh, that's that's really what my job is, is is to evangelize and get the word out as much as I can about the product so people know about it so they can try it out. It's amazing to me that people haven't found you. I, I mean, I just went through this myself. It, six weeks ago, my, my landscaper didn't show up, a guy I've had for 10 years, and he lives in my neighborhood. So I walked around the block to his house, <laughs> and I knocked on the door, and, you know, I felt like a real jackass because the guy got sick but you know he got sick and he didn't tell anybody so you know we're in the winter here in florida so the grass isn't growing like crazy but i got coconuts falling off the trees hitting the kids in the head right so you know i i mean and i don't have to if i had tools in the garage i would have just done it until the guy got better so what did i do i waited out and looking out the window every day until somebody comes to cut my neighbor's grass and then i'm going over there and brian i am begging people to come take care of my pride and they're like i'm busy i can't fit you in for three more weeks I mean, this technology is is great for people who, you know, I mean, the landscaping business is fractured in most places. There's no there's no 800 pound gorilla. So it's great for finding people who actually want to do the job to help people who who need it badly. Have you thought about, have you given any thought to expanding into other types of services? So other either outdoor services or like handyman services, other hard to find services, because we're struggling right now, our handyman, same thing. I just got to hire a new handyman to do stuff. I mean, we've been in the house for a year with COVID, you know, with the COVID pandemic. So, you know, stuff is breaking. So we need a handyman to help us do the stuff that I can't figure out how to do myself. Pool guys. I fa- I got lucky. My seventh pool guy over the last 10 years has been the one who stuck. But pool guys are, are enormously difficult to find. You know, roofers. I mean, pressure washer guys, uh, car wash guys. I mean, there are so many of these services that if you don't know who the person is locally, you can't find them. Have you thought about expanding this into other services? You know, I think... When you're building a new product from scratch and you're inventing something that does not yet exist, uh, the, one of the things that you can you can leverage to your advantage is focus. 
Just focus, focus, focus. Focus on one thing and make it as small as you can and make that work. And so for us, you know, we've been bootstrapped, uh, self-funded for eight years. And I think looking back, like the thing that one of the things that kind of got us through it was we were focused on one service. And in many, in a, and for many years, just in one city, we were in for four years just in Nashville, Tennessee, until we figured out how to reliably deliver the magical experience of you pop your address in, you push a button, they come out and mow the grass, and you pay them, and it just happens. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a million things that can go wrong from those two points. When you hire somebody, I mean, they got sick, like you just mentioned, or their equipment got stolen, or they just didn't feel like working that day, or they you're not on their you're not nearby their other clientele, or they underquote it, or their helper didn't show up. There's a million things that can go wrong. And so like building the technology to solve all of those problems to where it's just magical and you and you push a button to hire somebody and they show up and actually come and do a nice job for you. Focus is the only reason why we've been able to deliver that experience. As it turns out, like there's a graveyard of of Uber for laundry service, mm. home cleaning, um, massages, locksmiths, mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of things. And 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 one of the pro- one of the problems was the, the 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 founding team that tried to build Uber for home cleaning never cleaned a house in their entire life. Oh. And so they, they didn't really understand, you know, the real world dynamics of what goes into running a home cleaning service, what goes into delivering a good quality, consistent service for, for, for home cleaning. And so for us, like we focus on this one industry, you know, I've kind of got the scar tissue in it and, and that's, that's what's got us to where we are. And that's probably, we'll probably stay on this, this one vertical, this one industry, this one shore, making it easier and easier and easier and more cost effective. Um, because the plumber has a million problems and they're all different than the home cleaner. And the, 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 the appliance repair guy has, has a million problems and they're all different than the, than the home painter. And so to deliver that Uber-like experience, you kind of have to focus and go deep on just that one use case and deliver the marketplace that this magically makes it happen. Okay, I, I like that. I like that answer. I really do. And I somehow I knew because you were an E-Myth guy, you were going to give me that answer. Somehow I just knew you were going to say, "Oh, I'm just going to stick to my business because that's why I'm really good at it, and that's why we're in a bazillion cities right now." All right, so. <laughs> Brian, where can our folks go? So the people who are listening now in San Diego or the people who are listening now in Albany, New York, where can they go to find the landscaper that can help them take care of their property? We're, we're, we're in both those cities. And so uh, you just download GreenPal in the App Store or Play Store, and you'll get hooked up with a great lawn mowing service at a great price in less than a couple minutes. Hire them, and, and they'll come out and do your Yard for you, and if you like the job they did, you can book them for the whole season. Okay, so it's Green Pal, and they can you can find it on in the. In, so if you have an Android phone, just go to where you get your apps, and you just type in Green Pal. If yep. you've got if you've got uh, right. an Apple phone, you just go to the App Store and you type in Green Pal, and you're gonna you're gonna find the app there. Okay, that's that's fantastic. This was that's, that's right. This was an incredibly instructive show. We we learned the right way to build and scale a business. Now, it's not easy. Brian didn't say anything. There was nothing in this entire interview that was easy for Brian, right? But he stuck with it. He was focused. And he's got himself a really nice business. So... 
If you're prepared to invest in the next 15 years of your life, creating systems in your business and then go and sell it, and then you have a good idea, you can be the next green pal. Brian, thanks for thanks for joining us today. Everybody's going to go out and get the app. Everybody's going to go sign up and everybody's going to go get landscapers that they can rely on. Go to your app store, Google Play, uh, or the wherever you get your apps on your Samsung phone or your Android phone or whatever kind of phone you have. Or go to the app store on your iPhone and download the Green Pal app and tell them that Brian Clayton sent you that he was on Dave Lorenzo's show and that's why you're hiring the landscaper. He's going to shrug his shoulders, but it'll make me feel good that you did that. It'll make Brian feel good. Brian, thanks for joining us today. It was great to have you on. We're all going to get that Green Pal app and everybody's going to go and uh, use Green Pal for their landscaping moving forward. My friends, this is the Inside BS Show. We're here every day with a brand new show for you. We're bringing you unique businesses. Where else can you see somebody like this, the true success story, only in America and only on the Inside BS Show. We take you inside business strategy, we share the insider business secrets with you, and we cut through all that inside BS that's holding you back. Join us right back here again tomorrow. And until then, I hope you make a great living and live a great life.